God has called us to walk alongside Him, and it's a tough journey to take, but He promises to never leave our side. This is the first message in the series, Take the Journey. The message is entitled, Start Now. Good evening. How is everyone? How many of you were here last weekend for our party? Anybody? Wasn't it fun? You can do better than that. Wasn't it fun? Yes. It was so fun. And then the weekend before we celebrated our 35th anniversary as a church, we had so much fun together celebrating the faithfulness of God. So thank you for being a part of our church. And um, we're so excited for what God's going to do in, in the years to come. I want to introduce myself. My name is Jessica, and I have the honor to serve on staff here at Church of the Redeemer. And Pastor Dale has asked me to come today and share with you our first message in our new series called Take the Journey. So I'm going to share some thoughts with you today, and I'm excited to, um, to share these things as I've been preparing and praying through this and pray that it's going to bless your life tonight. We're, gonna, we're starting a new series. Like I said, it's called Take the Journey, and we're going to be taking the next several weeks to talk about discipleship, how to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And we're going to be using a, a focused text found in Matthew 4. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little briefly about what disciple means. I think we can sometimes hear these terms and not fully know how to define them. And so it's going to help us as we go forward in this series to have to be on the same page, to have an understanding of what the word disciple means. And so for the purpose of this series, we're going to define a disciple as a personal follower, learner, and imitator of Jesus. A disciple is a personal follower learner, and imitator of Jesus. So let's look first here at Matthew 4. We're starting in Matthew 4, verses 18 through 22, and let me read this to us. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, Jesus, he, saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee pre preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Let's understand a little bit of, of this chapter in Matthew. Matthew is one of the Gospels in the New Testament that, that gives us an account of Jesus' life and ministry on earth. And earlier on in Matthew chapter 4, we see that Jesus went into the wilderness. He spent 40 days there fasting and praying. And that is when we know that the devil tempted him and Jesus, of course, defeated all those temptations. And it says in the Bible that he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is when he began, began his ministry on earth. And that's where we pick up this story. He's beginning his ministry. And the first thing he does on his earthly ministry is to call some disciples to come follow him. And so when he leaves the, 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 the wilderness, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he finds two sets of brothers. He finds Peter and Andrew, and he finds James and John. And he invites them to go on a journey with him. And these four men would become some of his disciples. And as I was reading and preparing for this message today, I was think, I, there was a couple words that really jumped off the page to me that I wanted to help us get some, some foundation for how we're going to move forward. 
And let's look again at Matthew 4, 18, and then also verse 21. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Take note of that. He saw. If you have your Bible, just circle those words. And then in verse 21, going on from there, he saw two brothers. And I've read this passage many times, as many of you probably have as well, but I've never quite seen those words just say, illuminate for me. And it's an amazing thing how you can read the Bible year after year and still find something new. Isn't that incredible? And, and the Bible actually tells us that the Word of God is alive and it's active, and that's why it's able to do that, right? And so these two words just jumped off the page to me, and it hit me, Jesus sees us. He sees us. And there's many verses in the Bible that, that you'll find really in the gospel accounts that talks about where Jesus noticed somebody, or he looked at them, or he turned his gaze toward them, or he saw them. Another translation of this exact passage in Matthew 4 does say he noticed them. And what I want to start off tonight by reminding us is that Jesus sees you. He sees you. He may be walking past your life, but he doesn't just walk past and ignore you. He sees you personally. And not only does he see you, he chooses you. And he knows you and he wants you. In Isaiah 43, verse 1, it says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you. Our God says this, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Jesus sees where we are. And the cool thing about this story is he didn't just see them. He saw them. He knew who they were. But he also saw their current status, right? It says in Matthew 4, 18 and 19, he saw them. They were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen, right? And he said, come follow me and I'm going to send you to fish for people, right? And so he saw them personally, but he also saw, I see who you are right now. You're a fisherman, but I don't just see you as a fisherman. I see the potential in you of what I can do in your life and how I can transform and make you into something different and something more powerful for your life. And so I wanted us to take a look at this and, and slow down because we can kind of, we can breeze past some of these scripture verses and, oh, cool, you know. But sometimes we need to pause and reflect and say, he sees me. He sees me. He knows me. He knows my past. He knows where I'm currently at. But he also sees where he wants me to go. And not only did Jesus see them and know all of this, but he initiated towards them. Aren't you glad that our God is an initiator? He's an initiator. He pursues us. He sees us. He takes initiative towards us. In Revelation 3, verse 20, it says, here I am. This is Jesus talking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'm going to come in and eat with them and they with me. Jesus is an initiator. He pursues us. And so that day he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw them. He saw what they could be. And he called out to them. He initiated towards them. Come follow me. And he's doing the same for us today. He sees you. He sees where you're at. And he's calling you. He knows your name. He knows your history. And he knows what your future could be if you say yes to go on this journey with him. 
And we have to believe that as a foundation. If we're going to be true disciples of Jesus, we have to believe he's calling to us, that I'm significant to him, that he doesn't just want anybody else on this journey with him. He wants me on this journey with him. And so we, we have to, when we understand that, there should be this response that comes forth from that from us. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. How do we respond to this call that Jesus has put out to us? When he sees us, he's calling out to us, come and follow me, be my disciple. How do we respond? And one of the first things that we see that the disciples did is they take advantage of the moment. They take advantage of the moment. Those disciples knew in that moment, yes, I'm going to do that. Pastor Dale may not be here with us personally tonight, but he did prepare a video for us to share this point with us. So we're going to take a look. You know, we're talking today about the importance of our journey with Jesus. And I want to talk to you just for a few moments about the importance of now taking advantage of the opportunity that God gives you to make a decision. See, today is a day that God is calling you to take a further step with him. Maybe for some of you, take your first step with Jesus that you've ever taken, not just to somehow say, yeah, I kind of believe in Jesus, but to actually truly become a more serious disciple than you've ever been in following Christ. And that moment is not later. That moment is now. There's an interesting verse of scripture in Psalm chapter 95, verses seven and eight, where it says, today, if you hear his voice, notice this statement, do not harden your hearts. See, today, uh, this is an important day for you. God brought you to this message today because he wants you to understand that he has a better life. He has better things in store for you. He has a, he has a will that he wants to accomplish in your life, but it requires a choice on your part. And that choice needs to happen as he is stirring your heart today. It's an opportune moment for your eternity. So today, if you hear his voice, and I believe that you are hearing his voice today, don't say, you know, a later time. No, do not harden your heart, respond to him today. Say, yes, Lord, today is my day. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter nine about some folks who made excuses and they tried to put off their time to follow Jesus, their commitment to him to another time. And notice this passage in Luke chapter nine, verses 59 through 62, listen to what it says. He said to another man, follow me, come follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, notice that first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the, their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Here are some folks that were in some ways acknowledging their willingness to follow Jesus, but they were putting other things first. They were saying, they were saying let, let me deal with this thing over here and then I'll come and follow you. And Jesus said, no, 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 put your hands to the plow. Don't look back, make the decision now. For some of you, that's exactly what you need to do today. You need to say, now is my time. I'm going to put my hands to this plow called following Jesus. I'm going to become a serious disciple of Jesus like I've never been before. I'm not going to look back. He is going to be first in my life. And this is exactly what happened with the disciples. Notice again in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Come follow me, Jesus said. So he's talking to Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They're in their boats. They're fishing. They, this is what they did for a living. 
And so Jesus says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And the Bible says at once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. It was not something they put off till a later time. It was not something that they delayed. They said, right now we are going to do what Jesus is asking us to do. The best time, the best time for you to follow Jesus is right now. The best time for you to become a serious disciple of Jesus and a greater level than you've ever been before is right now. God is calling you right now. Lay aside anything that would be an excuse and say, I'm taking advantage of this moment and this opportunity. See, the devil loves to play with procrastination. He really does. It's very interesting how he wants to get you to procrastinate. Why? Because if he can get you to procrastinate, he's postponing, he's causing you to postpone and potentially completely miss everything that God wants for you. So procrastination is dangerous when it comes to following Jesus. Now is the time. I'll conclude with one story. In the book of Exodus, it's an amazing story, a story of how Pharaoh fell into this pattern of procrastination when Moses was confronting him about letting the people of Israel go. You might recall there were plagues that came upon the, the Egyptians because Pharaoh would refuse to let God's people go. And one of those plagues was a plague of frogs, frogs everywhere. Everywhere you turned, everywhere you looked, frogs everywhere. In other words, frogs just to your right, to your left, in front of you, behind you, in your house, wherever you went, frogs everywhere. It was a terrible plague uh, because Pharaoh's, Pharaoh was disobedient to God. And notice what happens here in the story in Exodus chapter 8, verses 8 through 10. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, here's this begging, plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. You set the time, Moses replied. And let's stop there for a moment. Here's the situation where there's frogs everywhere. And now Pharaoh is pleading with Moses and Aaron to pray to God that the plague might be stopped. These frogs might be taken away. And Moses responds back by saying, no, you set the time. Tell me when you want this to happen, Pharaoh. And he says, in fact, he goes on to say, tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials and your people. Then you and your house will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile River. And I want you to notice how Pharaoh responds. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. That has always intrigued me. Why would Pharaoh say, do it tomorrow? Here are things that are plaguing Israel right now, frogs everywhere. And Moses said, tell me when you want him to go away. And Pharaoh said, do it tomorrow. Many times in our life, we're gonna continue in patterns that could be resolved and things that could be changed in our life by our relationship with God. But instead of saying, Lord, do it now, do it today, we say, Lord, do it tomorrow. Can I encourage you? Take advantage of this opportunity. Today, Jesus is coming by your life. He's speaking to you. He's saying, come and follow me at a new level like you've never followed me before. And I'll make you fish for people. I'll cause you to be more than you ever thought you could be. But the most important thing for you and I to do is to respond and say, yes, Lord, I'm hearing your voice today and I want you to work in my life now. I will not procrastinate. I will not make excuses. I will say, yes, today is my day. Amen. Everybody say, do it today, Lord. Do it today, Lord. 
We don't want to be like Pharaoh and say, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. There is an opportunity. The Lord is calling your name tonight. And he's saying, will you come follow me at a new level, maybe for the first time or maybe in a different way. But there's always a call from, from the Lord that we hear him calling our name, come follow me. And we want to take advantage of this moment and follow him. The second thing that we want to do is we want to commit to consistency. Commit to consistency. You know, in following Jesus, there is a big yes and then there's a daily yes. Our daily yes has to do with continuing to grow in him and becoming his true disciples. In Matthew 4, 18 through 22, the text we're talking about, we see the disciples making that big yes, right? They leave their nets, they immediately leave their boats and everything that they have, and they say, yes, Lord, I'm coming on this journey with you. But there's also a daily yes that we give, give to the Lord. In Luke 9, 23, this is Jesus, and it says, then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Following Jesus is a lifelong journey. We never really arrive. How many of you have been following Jesus for a long time? How many of you have arrived? (laughs) Okay, that was a big difference. A lot of hands went up and then a lot of hands went down. Because we never fully arrive, because that is the mystery and the wonder of our Savior. There's always more. There's always more he has for us. There's always more he wants to do in us. There's always more he wants to heal in us. We never arrive. There's always another level that he's calling us to. Growing in our relationship with Jesus requires consistency. If we want to see fruit in our lives, we've got to commit to consistency. Fruit comes by diligence and consistency, and we have to understand the value of our daily commitment. We need to know that every day, just like the Sea of Galilee, he's walking by every day, Jesus is coming by our lives. Will you follow me today? Will you make me number one in your life? Will we take advantage of those daily moments, and will we, will we allow ourselves to be consistent in following him and making the daily choices that honor him and bring about fruit in our lives? In Luke 8, it's the story, the parable of the sower. And this is a story about um, a, a farmer that's planting seeds, and it's giving us a picture of the different kinds of soil and which kinds of soil uh, allows there to be a harvest. And so it, it, there's a lot of different uh, soils that it goes through, but the one I want to focus on is the one that actually produces the harvest because there's something we can learn from this. In Luke 8, verse 15, it says, as for that in the good soil, so it's talking about the seed being the word of God in our lives. As for that seed in our lives that goes into the good soil, they, the good soil people, are those who hearing, notice that I-N-G, hearing, the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. The interesting thing about this verse to me is that word hearing, hearing. It doesn't say they heard the word, they hear the word. It says they are hearing the word. Hearing, I-N-G, if you know anything about English, I don't, I'm not an English person (laughs) per se, but I do know that I-N-G means continual, right? It's a, it's an action. It's a always going on. When it says you're hearing the word, it means you didn't just 
hear it once, but you're continuing to hear it. And then it says they hold it fast. They hold what fast? They hold the word of God fast. What does holding it fast mean? Well, holding it fast means to take possession of it, to lay hold of it, to make it mine. So they're hearing the word, they're holding on to it, they're making it theirs, they're personalizing it, and then they're adding patience in there. And then what comes is fruit. In Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, that's the big yes, right? That's the yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This verse lays it out for us. We, have, we say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. But then we commit to consistency. We commit to daily following Jesus, daily taking advantage of the moment to be his disciples. If we're going to take this journey with Jesus, if we're going to grow in our relationship with him as disciples, which again, we've defined a disciple as a personal follower, a personal learner, and a personal imitator of him, We've got to recognize first and foremost that Jesus sees us and he's calling to us. And our response, that elicits a response from us. And our response is, yes, Lord, I'm taking advantage of this moment. I know you're calling me today and I'm going to say yes. And then we commit to consistency that daily we recognize he's calling us and we respond to that call. And then finally, we can expect to be rewarded. Jesus is a rewarder. A lot of times people view God as a punisher. He's kind of up there waiting for me to do something bad, and then he's going to strike me with lightning or something, right? Like something bad's going to come in my life because I wasn't perfect. And that's a misunderstanding of the character and nature of God because Jesus is a rewarder. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, listen to this. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. So if you want to come to him, you got to have faith and believe he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He is a rewarder, and it pleases him when we have faith that he's a rewarder. In John 10.10, 10, this is Jesus saying this, the thief's purpose, which is the devil, the enemy, is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Following Jesus brings rewards in our lives because he is a rewarder. When a farmer plants seeds, he expects a harvest, right? If he didn't expect to harvest, there's no need to plant the seeds. And sometimes we get it in our head, I shouldn't follow Jesus and expect to be rewarded because I should just follow him to follow him. And that's true, but we need to understand that this is a byproduct of our following Jesus. And we can expect that he's going to be faithful to his word. And why would we plant the seeds if we're not going to get a harvest, right? It's the same way in our journey with him. We plant those seeds of saying yes, taking advantage of that moment, consistency in our lives. And when we do that, we can have confidence that he will reward us. Galatians 6, 9 says this. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. That is the committing consistently, right? That's the consistency thing. Sometimes we can get tired of doing what is good. But it says, don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline. Discipline is like we talk about here is the commitment of consistency. If, you're, if you have discipline in your life, you're doing something consistently. And it says no discipline or no consistency, we could say, is enjoyable while it's happening. It can be painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. This invitation to go on a journey with Jesus is for our good. Jesus never selfishly calls us. He never leads us to anything that is damaging to us. He never invites us to go on a journey with him that will diminish our lives. Whenever Jesus calls us, he does so because he sees something greater for us. He knows what's ahead for us if we'll say yes. He wants us on this journey with him so that he can bless us, so he can develop us, and so he can give us a rich and satisfying life. Think about it for a moment. If the disciples would have said no that day, if Jesus would have walked by the Sea of Galilee, hey guys, come follow me. No, I'm good. Thanks. I'm busy. And they would have just ignored his call. Think about it for a minute. Would we even know their names? Would that story even be in the Bible? Would they have experienced and witnessed some of the most incredible miracles that were ever seen on earth? No. They would have missed out on the rewards that come from following Jesus. There's lots of rewards that come when we follow Jesus, and I, I wrote down a few. One of the ones that I wrote down is a legacy of faith in your family. That, to me, is personal and significant. How many of you are a byproduct of a legacy of faith? Lots of you. I am too. And I'm grateful that I, I get to be a recipient of this legacy of faith. And now I get to pass that on to the generations after me. When I say yes to Jesus, I'm creating a legacy for my family. And whether or not you came from a legacy of faith, you can create and start a legacy of faith for your family. It doesn't matter where we start, it matters if we say yes. So the reward, one of the rewards that comes from following Jesus and going on this journey with him, learning how to be a true disciple, following him consistently, is we get to create a legacy of faith for the generations after us. Another reward would be fulfillment. Just like it says in John 10, 10, 10, he wants to give us a rich and satisfying life. He wants to allow us to be fulfilled. He wants to give us peace and joy. Those are, those are rewards that come from following Jesus. He wants to allow us to serve our purpose. Just like he saw that these disciples had the potential to fish for men beyond just fish, they got to serve in the purpose that God had for them. Another reward that we can get from following Jesus is restoration and healing in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. Jesus is a rewarder, and we can expect to be rewarded when we follow him. So in closing, what I just want to remind us that we talked about today 
is that Jesus is constantly walking by our lives. Just like he walked by the Sea of Galilee that day, he's walking by your life today and he sees you. He sees you, he sees your situation, he knows your name, he knows the life you've lived, he knows your past, he knows your present, and he knows your future. And even with all of that, he chooses you. He chooses you to go on a journey with him and he stands at the door and he knocks, will you come follow me? Will you allow me to transform your life? Will you allow me to come and help navigate your life from where you are to where you can be? Will you come and be my disciple? Will you come and learn from me? Will you come follow me? He's calling you today to go on a journey with him. And maybe that call for you is that big yes. It's yes, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll make you Lord and Savior of my life. And that may be some of you tonight. You haven't made that big yes decision. And we're going to have an opportunity to do that tonight. But for some of you, it may be the next step. What is that next step for you? Maybe it's obedience through baptism. Maybe it's digging deeper into the word of God and learning what his word means to you. Maybe it's renewing your mind with God's word. Maybe it's giving him access into an area of your life that you have withheld from him because you're afraid. Maybe it's releasing something to him, surrendering something to him. Whatever it is, if you listen, you'll hear him calling your name. And you would have an opportunity to take advantage of this moment and say yes to him. And you would have an opportunity to every day commit to consistency, to daily saying yes, and remembering that our God is a rewarder and I can expect him to reward me. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm gonna give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that he will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of his name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you are the savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. 
You begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.